From The White Wolf by Frederick Marriott There are peculiar spots on those mountains which are supposed, and, as my story will prove, truly supposed, to be inhabited by the evil influences. They are well known to the huntsmen who invariably avoid them. Now, one of these spots, an open space in the pine forests above us, had been pointed out to my father as dangerous on that account. But whether he disbelieved those wild stories, or whether in his eager pursuit of the chase he disregarded them, I know not. Certain, however, it is, that he was decoyed by the white wolf to this open space when the animal appeared to slacken her speed. My father approached, came close up to her, raised his gun to his shoulder, and was about to fire when the wolf suddenly disappeared. He thought that the snow on the ground must have dazzled his sight, and he let down his gun to look for the beast, but she was gone. How she could have escaped over the clearance without his seeing her was beyond his comprehension. Mortified at the ill success of his chase, he was about to retrace his steps when he heard the distant sound of a horn. Astonishment at such a sound, at such an hour, in such a wilderness, made him forget for the moment his disappointment, and he remained riveted to the spot. In a minute the horn was blown a second time, and at no great distance. My father stood still and listened. A third time it was blown. I forget the term used to express it, but it was the signal which, my father well knew, implied that the party was lost in the woods. In a few minutes more, my father beheld a man on horseback, with a female seated on the crupper, enter the cleared space and ride up to him. At first, my father called to mind the strange stories which he had heard of the supernatural beings who were said to frequent these mountains, but the nearer approach of the party satisfied him that they were mortals like himself. This is Gothic. on gothic a large creature of some sort leaps up onto the center fountain of bledson and lifts its head and howls toward the moon nathan dear cl- close the door and lock it please <laughs> and nathan redbone just closes the door and locks it <laughs> i believe that some of you were injured going into the realm of angels last time Lori, you had taken on Grace's wounds. I have. And Chauncey Candlewick, you were just beaten up by ghouls. I was. I was. They were mean. They stole your hat. Those bastards. Here's what happened, though. As you passed through the realm of angels, uh, you rematerialized in the curio shop, and those wounds have healed. Ooh, dope. Ooh, nice. Nice. Always, always a pleasure, Mr. Laurie. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Last time with these characters, we left uh, Laurie and Grace and Chauncey Candlewick in the curio shop with Nathan Redbone. And Isabella. And Isabella. Forgot about her. I haven't. Redbone <laughs> had just closed and locked the front door because a werewolf was outside howling at the moon atop the fountain in the center of Bledson Square. Well, he just likes the moon. Absolutely. He or she or it leaps from the perch atop the fountain and in that single leap makes it halfway to the curio shop. Another three bounds has it at the door and then it just smashes the door in. The flimsy lock on the the, uh, front door is not anywhere close to enough to stop this. Nathan Redbone, who's still sort of standing there staring out into the night, going, what the, what if, why, uh, is thrown aside. Isabella screams. The werewolf stands there in the doorway for a moment, backlit by the moonlight coming down from above, and then it juts its head forward and says, Candlewick. 
<laughs> Laura, you're up. Kill it. It said my name. What have you gotten us into now? You. Oh. I was about to pull my dagger out, but now I stare at at uh, Chauncey. Honestly, I'm I'm more concerned with protecting the innocents. Um, whether that is going to be reading a bad situation or protecting someone to remove them from the werewolves. Yeah, read a bad situation. Okay. Always plus my sharp. Oh. Let's see what we get. Seven. All right. So on a seven, you get a hold one. With my hold one. What's the best way to protect the victims? Right now, where Nathan Redbone uh, was flung is fairly close to uh, where Isabella is standing. So your best option is probably to stand between the potential victims and their potential aggressor, the werewolf. Um, That is what I do, then. I position myself between the threat and the victims and pull out my badass razor whip. Okay. Um, it gleams in the scant light coming through the um, grimy windows of the curio shop as its length uncoils and hangs almost supernaturally in the uh, in the air before it drapes and coils near Lori's feet. And what about the rest of you? What are you doing? I want to uh, address... Senor Werewolf directly. The mange thing is looking at me. Is that correct? It jutted its head forward just a few feet away from you and said your name. Speak quickly, Kerr. I don't have all night. Grace, did you want to do anything before I make a move? Um, I think I'm going to go join Laurie and take out my silver dagger. Because I, I was going to just like throw the dagger at it, but now I want to see what happens. I didn't know it could talk. The werewolf leans back and it looks out the front door and it says tomorrow night would be too late but tonight with effort with that the creature's whole body shivers and shudders he begins to convulse and falls to the floor of the curio shop knocking over um, stands and curios and trinkets and other such bric-a-brac that are lying about (laughs) and then just begins to like seriously super convulse on the on the floor uh just these huge racking spasms do werewolves have <laughs> have service dogs that sense approaching seizures <laughs> or can they do that themselves <laughs> <laughs> okay then the werewolf shudders and shivers and convulses and then a human arm rips up out through the uh, stomach of it. Okay. Covered in blood and gore, followed shortly by another one. And then, Mm -hmm. as those hands find purchase on either side of the uh, werewolf's body, a head follows as the hands push upward and pull a naked male form up, covered in blood and gore and, and... goo and gunk and standing there in the remnants of the of the wolf pelt is a tall but not not as tall as the werewolf was human man uh he has currently slicked back black hair he has a very patriarchal nose he reaches down grabs the wolf pelt and then wraps it around him like a cloak and says, what, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick? You don't recognize me? And in fact, you do, for it is none other than Lockmar Kane, Lazarus Kane's son. Oh, no. Oh, man, it's been a while. Since you left me to the wolves? Yes, it has. Ooh, yeah, wow. That looks like it really hurts. <laughs> it does. Well, you're tougher than I thought you were. Well, um, it's good to see you're among the living. Fancy running into you here. I was left mangled and broken on the ground, but although the pack fed of me, they did not manage to kill me. And so when I awoke, seemingly days later, perhaps a month, I don't know, I awoke as one of them. I sought them out, and then I fought their leader for supremacy of the pack, and I won. Interesting. So, you're aware that your inheritance is gone, right? I am aware that my father has, well, despite our many differences and our many quarrels, that my father did try to protect this town. 
even though it was for his own selfish purposes, and that now he has failed. I have seen the tentacles in the moonlight. I have seen the scattering of the house. I have seen what you have wrought again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before we start going and pointing accusations, we should take a moment to look in the mirror about the things that have just happened, like that poor man that you just flung over there. What are you pointing at? Why are you even here talking to me? His head uh, snaps to the side, and uh, he says, Nathan Redbone, are you all right? And Nathan goes, oh, holy hell, yeah. And you, I love Nathan Redbone. woman, and his belly goes, I, I think I am. Uh, yeah, I, yep, I'm good. He turns back to uh, uh, Chauncey and says, see, they're fine. All right, then what's your, what, what is your business here? My business? It's okay, I have friends who are innocent humans. Is that not apparent? I'm going to, like, wave my hands, kind of, like, mockingly, as in, continue, hurry up. The only reason I haven't ripped you apart is because, apparently, we're going to need you before this night is over. For what you have unleashed here this evening is unfathomable. I didn't even know what it was that my father was keeping at bay in the basement of that manor. What have you done, Candlewick? I was with you the entire time. We could have stopped that. This is obviously from before tonight's events. He hasn't told you how he came across a wanderer upon the moors, how the sky was strewn with clouds, but a full moon burned behind them. How the howls came hunting us. Two travelers met upon the road, arrayed alone against eight. Well, if he hasn't told you those things, then I suppose he also hasn't told you that in order to get away, he left me to be the prey. Not far off from the truth. Yes, that's what happened. I won't deny it. I mean, I have no whims uh, to stick my neck out for you. I mean, you should be thankful that you're even alive. Why are you looking at me as if I've given you this curse? What were you doing out there that night? Blame fate. Don't blame me. Blame your own weakness for not being able to defend yourself, but not me. Chauncey. Candlewood, could you please own up to your own failings? Uh, it's the same old Candlewick. Well, hopefully you can rise to the occasion this evening and we can defeat the things that will be stalking the night. Although I don't quite know how. What things do you mean? you got claws and fangs. I'm sure you'll figure it out. Oh, so you just wish to leave me uh, to defend the entire city? How about the others of you? Are you as cowardly as this one? <laughs> I will have satisfaction, sir. This has hardly the time, gentlemen. If this man has brought the evil upon this land, then he is responsible for cleansing it, and I as well for letting him live. Well, that's a little bit harsh on yourself, but oh, okay. Oh, I cannot say that Candlewick brought all of this down upon us. Merely my own fate, and I also fear that the city itself may have had a hand in its own fate. I've been a wolf for too long. Yes, apparently you forgot to use doors. <laughs> what more can you tell us? What is it that we're looking for? What is it that threatens this town? And what is it that Candlewick has to do with defeating it? What do you know about the thing that your father was trying to summon? He was not trying to summon it, dear lady. He was trying to keep it at bay. By feeding it innocence? Every five years, sacrifices must be made. <laughs> oh, everyone's monsters. <laughs> they point the finger at me. <laughs> oh, but you're my own personal monster, Candlewick. And I will indeed have satisfaction, but not until this night is done. Fair enough. I'll hold you to that. You, and he looks at uh, Lori, I don't know what you are, but I was hoping that I and the pack were not the only ones to see the tentacles in the sky, even though they were not quite here. If you saw them, you know, you know what beast that was. I do recall. I don't know how to stop it. I don't know if we have until dawn to meet whatever sacrifices are left to be met. I don't know if the things that were in the house now unleashed can be fought. I don't know anything at all other than what I saw, what I and the pack saw in the woods as we hunted. How do you know your father was telling the truth about protecting the town? 
He could have been making this story up as an excuse. It is possible. However, I have reasons to believe that it is not, for although my father has done many and many terrible things to me, as far as I know, he has never lied to me. Needless to say, there is evil out there, and we must find it and destroy it before it consumes us all. And the Splinter Pack is among the first of those threats for... Splinter Pack? Yes. When I fought for the role of Alpha in the pack, I did win. However, there were mm, objections among some of the members of the pack who did not believe that a newcomer such as I could hold such rank. And rather than fight me, they, well, you'd know how this goes, wouldn't you, Candlewick? They ran off into the woods, but they have been plotting, and they have been... And they're working with this darkness that is consuming this... Land. Oh, I doubt that. I doubt they even knew that such a darkness existed. However, they will almost certainly take advantage of it. I know Torn Tongue. So, we'll hunt these people down, handle them, handle this darkness, and at the end of this, we'll handle you and the rest of your family. Because you're not going to sit here and pretend as if this is some noble cause, as if you're something more righteous than the bloodthirsty monster hunting on the moor. But sure, let's start with this. Says the monster. When we hunt on the moor, we don't hunt people. And I believe that's more than can be said of you in the past. You know, you're just a dog. And once you taste blood, you will never get that taste out of you. Might as well put you down now before you turn into something more horrible. Mm. Perhaps I have come to the wrong place for aid. And he reaches oh, no. for the cloak and starts to pull it closer around him. This, this isn't the time. I think we have this backwards. If what has kicked this off is that large monstrosity we encountered earlier, perhaps we should deal with that first, then any hangers-on who are using it as an excuse to terrorize the townsfolk, and then we can settle our own differences, one thing at a time. I'm, I'm fine with it. Just, uh, just I labor under no delusion of any sort of righteousness this dog claims. The dog in question wraps the cloak tighter and with a little bit less gore than turning back into human form, he he steps inside of it and kind of pulls it closed in front and you see where he had torn himself out, the wound uh, heals and he shakes once, stands to his full nearly eight feet height and howls loud enough to shake the trinkets and such that are still somehow standing upright. Inside voices, dear. (laughs) And he says, Yes, well, we will do what we can then, and then let the chips fall where they may. Where do we start about fighting and finding the beast that rose from the depths when it doesn't even exist here, as far as I can tell? Okay, what kind of lore does um, Loreen know about all of this? And do I need to investigate if that's the case? Uh, I have a move. When you are in good standing with the sect at the beginning of each mystery, roll plus charm on a 10 plus, they provide some useful info or help in the field. And so, uh, I feel like what I'm going to say is, if we have a moment, I need some quiet time to sit down and contact my mentor, because he may know more about this than we. Unless you would like to give us your information, young man. You don't seem very forthcoming. That was an agreement. <laughs> well, perhaps you should work on your on your body language. Grace, you find a quiet place in the back. Lori, um, how are you trying to access this information? What's your what's your angle here? I guess I'm just trying to like recall from memory the lore I've heard about the the creature that is that we saw that was. The tentacle beast that was taking over the town. Well, I guess that is going to be an investigative mystery because the uh, question that you have there is what sort of creature is it? Sharp. Oh, well, I got a nine anyway. You'll never level up. (laughs) (laughs) Lord just stays level one forever. (laughs) So hold one. Uh, Is it going to be what sort of creature is it? Yeah, I'll take the what sort of creature is it for 200, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) This classification of creature goes by many different names, but one of the more common is outsider because it is quite, quite apparently outside of this mortal realm of existence, touching on it only in places, able to interact with it only 
through intermediaries, not necessarily through its own volition, except in rare circumstances, unless, of course, it is fully summoned into the mortal world. Does the history of this outsider, does it coincide with what the werewolf um, Lachmer Cain was trying to tell us? Lachmar didn't actually know that much about the thing in his father's basement. Okay, but I mean, in reference to his father was trying to keep it at bay instead of trying to release it into this world. Such things could be done. It could have agreed to a secondary bargain above and beyond whatever initial bargain brought it into whatever breach it is that has been allowed to exist. Um, Grace, you are... How are you? How does this look? You're doing what? I was kind of picturing a thing like the Tom Riddle diary from Harry Potter, but it's a two-way street, so I can write a message in it, and it, like, synced into the page, and then uh, a message from whoever I was addressing it to. In this case, my mentor, Anton, rises up in ink back out of the page. Is there a role for that? It says I roll plus charm. On a 10 plus, they provide some useful info or help in the field. On a 7 to 9, I get a mission associated with the mystery. And if I do it, I'll get some info or help too. On a miss, they need me to do something bad. If I fail or refuse an order, I'll be in trouble with the sect until I atone. Plus charm, huh? All right, bone dice, don't fail me now. Bone dice. (laughs) Guess what it is, guys? It's a (laughs) 6. Mark experience. (laughs) don't forget you do have luck points you can always spend luck points failing levels me up though and i kind of want that (laughs) we're just just piling on the bad failing also (laughs) has bad consequences this is the arc where we all go dark (laughs) grace yes you pull your book out of your out of your what (laughs) you had a coachman before (laughs) i did have a coachman before i uh don't know what happened to that man. Uh, <laughs> he's with the house. Help. Uh, I guess he's with the house exploding invisibly on another plane of existence. I I guess I have like, okay, so the way pockets used to work in old-fashioned dresses is there was like an opening in the side of the dress and your pocket was belted like under your skirt. I would guess I have something like that. And it's a very like slim, discreet book, like a little address book I guess size. It, it just has... You know, magical words appear in it. It only needs a page or two. <laughs> it only needs one page. A second page for backup. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of bullet point, like, what happened, because this, whatever was going on, has gone way off the rails from what I thought it was going to be. And uh, basically, I'm like, and now there's this thing, and I want to know if the sect has any information on it. These words appear... You recognize them because these are the words that came immediately to your mind when you encountered Lori and the ones that really started clicking when you saw Lori do all the things they did. And even more so when you saw them face off uh, there very briefly with uh, Mr. Chauncey Candlewick. (sighs) From the Book of Prophecies, Prophecy number 84. By eye and wing and healing breath, you shall know the name of the divine. By the shadow that walks beside, you shall know the time is nigh. By shadow and light, the dweller beneath shall rise. By shadow and light, the dweller beneath shall fall. Oh, I just got chills up my spine, man. (laughs) And then the book explodes into flames and burns up. Christ, I drop it and I'm lifting my skirts up and stamping it to make sure it doesn't spread to the rest of this incredibly crowded and dusty shop. It's a fiery night for you, Grace. Lots of fire. God damn it. Ugh. I like barely had time to read. I, I, I assume I knew the prophecy already because you said I'd seen it. Already, you had but... seen it. And I mean, there are a lot of prophecies. It's just um, that it's one of the things that your training does is you have to read all all of the 100 prophecies of the Barbazine. Exactly 100. They they had to pare it down a little bit. Exactly 100. <laughs> exactly. By eye and wing and healing touch. Um, the rest of you do, in fact, notice that, uh, you know, Grace gives a start back there and is now stamping a fire out on the floor. Aw, just like her mama. I, I beg your pardon? What is it, Grace? Is everything all right? Well, I, I, I just tried to contact 
my mentor and just recited a prophecy I knew already and burst into flames. It's never done that before. I mean, obviously, or else it wouldn't be whole, but eh, that's this isn't usual. While you sit there bewildered a little bit, um, is, is Barky McUglyface still with us? Yes. Barky McBarkface is still in attendance. All right, I'm watching him. And, and Isabella and Redbone are still here, right? Yes, and Lori is standing in front of them, between them and the uh, werewolf still. Good chat. But, uh, oh, all right, is it possible for me to search Curio Shop for anything that might help us in any of this? Sure. Okay, how would I do that? Investigate a mystery. <laughs> would it be investigate a mystery? Well, I'm trying to decide between that and read a bad situation. But yeah, I think it's going to be investigate a mystery. Okay, all right. Investigate a mystery uses sharp. And what is my sharp? Ooh, plus one. Sweet, here we go. That is a seven. That's a hold one. Mm, hmm. I already know what happened here. So a creature is it. What can hurt it? I guess that's what I want to know. Okay. Hurt the big bad thing, right? This abomination, yes. Speaking of abominations. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just merely perusing the wares. I didn't realize that as soon as you left the Castle Cane that um, the party would fall apart because <laughs> of uh, animosities between the characters. Really, Lori's a good guy. His 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 heart's in the right. Yours is still under question, if though. He has a heart. I don't have a heart. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's long gone. Um, but do I have an answer to the question? Yes. You find a book. It is behind the desk of the proprietor of the curio shop, whom you actually don't know was named Howard Love and was eaten by hellhounds on the moors outside of Castle Cane. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. That was... Uh... Let me try that again. Yeah, Howard Love was the one that fell on the well ring style, wasn't he? We did a good job last time. Yeah, yeah he was. Yes, he so, was. Yes, he was. You do not know that Howard Love was the proprietor of the curio shop who was then, well, fed to the well because you weren't actually there to see that. However, you do see a picture of him, caricature? I don't know. What year is it? <laughs> and and uh, if nothing else, you do also see uh, several documents with his name on it. And you do recall that name from the guests at Castle Kane tonight. But what you found on his desk um, was a journal, or maybe not a journal so much as a ledger. And it... Um, it looks very old. It looks freshly, not cleaned, but uh, sort of prepared. And there are uh, thin kid gloves next to it that apparently Howard was using to uh, open the book so that as to not defy all the pages within. Nice, nice, nice. I flip it open. <laughs> <laughs> Inside is a history of Bledson. Not in any particular organizational style. It's it's more the the jottings of someone who might have been talking to people and just writing down what they what they heard. But as far as you can tell from the other documents, it's not the handwriting of this Howard Love fellow. All right. The page you happen to turn to, interestingly enough, is dated some one hundred years earlier. Ah, oh, nice, nice. In um in that year. A darkness came to Bledson, it says, a darkness that seemed like it would never end. When the sun rose again, the town of Bledson was prosperous, where before it had been not prosperous. Okay, so it sounds like these guys made a deal with uh, some devil of some sort. Not going to like cast judgment on that, you know, but <laughs> sounds like it. Okay. It also says... The debt to be paid in 80 years or the town to be given to the darkness again. And I'm assuming this was written 80 years ago. About 100. Does it list the price? I think they've been paying this price. I'm like monologuing right now to, to what's her name? Elizabeth? Isabella? Isabella. Isabella. Here. Isabella. He's reading out loud. Isabella. I'm just like pouring all this information out to her. His fingers like, tracing the page. Because I know she's <laughs> up to no good. She's got to be. 
It's because she can't read and you're doing it for her. She was in Scario <laughs> Shop at the beginning of this. I, f- I found her this in here doing something nefarious. Now, she I, she might have uh, thrown me off the trail earlier, but I still don't trust her. She's just a sweet girl. <laughs> She's just like, you know, looking in the dark magic. It's not that bad. Uh, Are we but- going to spend much more time here? Says the werewolf. I'm going to walk out to this werewolf and the rest of them. You know, uh, paddle... Lori on the back. Good job watching these these meat bags. And I'm gonna show everybody what I found in this journal. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna explain. It looks like they've done some kind of pact. This whole town has, or someone who with the authority to make a decision for the whole town. To me, it sounds like they've all damned themselves, and they're just getting what they deserve now. Debt to be paid. Does it mention what the debt was supposed to be? Yeah, that's what I was hoping. But there, yeah, there's nothing here. How about how about lock lock? Do you do do you? Does any of this ring a bell in your furry little brain? Mm, well, it was 20 years ago that my father took over Bledson Manor and became Lord Bledson. And what was it like before then? Was there no lord here? Mm, it was a mayor, a council. And how did he get his power all of a sudden? That is what I spoke to you about earlier. Uh, my father did nothing without selfish motives as well, just like you. However... He made a deal with the town that he would find a way to quell the beast, the this darkness, as this journal says. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm not speaking in my regular voice anymore. I'm speaking in my dark werewolf voice. Take, take, take off your glasses. Yeah, and keep going. Hey. <laughs> the glasses make your voice more nasal. My father told me that he had agreed to keep the darkness at bay. But, in exchange, he would be lord here, and, in fact, that is how it appeared to be. I was not old at the time. I was only six. It also appears that he had to sacrifice innocence to keep this thing at bay. What do you know of this? That I don't know. I just know that... Oh, actually, wait, I do. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. I'm picturing a giant wolf saying that. Oh, wait. Oh, I do know. Roar. (laughs) (laughs) A woo. Yes. It was interesting the way that my father phrased it because it seemed as though the payment that the town had agreed to was in fact the sacrifice of the whole town at the end of their years of prosperity and yet the darkness agreed in whatever way such things can that a blood sacrifice every five years would be enough wait a moment. So, wait wait a moment. So, this sounds like a spectacularly bad deal here, because if they didn't pay the debt, the whole town be given to the darkness, but the debt was the entire town being sacrificed to the darkness. Yes. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> they asked for more time. It was, it was a heads up, I win, tails up, you lose kind of situation. I imagine that a hundred years ago, the people of this place were quite desperate and willing to sell their own children out for it. Oh. I'm pretty sure everyone who made those packs aren't alive anymore. Yes. That's, uh, I mean, that's definitely true. People do have a tendency to say, you know, I, I want to be successful at the expense of people who are going to be alive long after I'm gone. Yeah, and now the sins of the father have passed to the son. Ain't that right, Wolfie boy? You're just as much responsible for all this as your dad is. You could have stopped this. A six-year-old child, Chauncey? Well, no. He grew up (laughs) to a man knowing all of this. He's only been this werewolf here for, what, a year? Two years? Imagining a six-year-old facing off against Cthulhu like, No, you can't have my It's not that. It's his dad. And you know what? I say we keep this Wolfie boy around. I do not have to explain myself to uh, boil upon the world such as yourself. You should remember that when you start pointing the finger. That's actually a good representation of you, Candlewick. God damn it. (laughs) You know, you should try to stay alive as long as you could, Wolfie. Uh, We might need your blood since, you know... Your dad was involved. This could be a blood sacrifice, so just hang on there for us. Nathan Redbone stands up, and he looks around at all of you, and he says, What the actual fuck? (laughs) 
<laughs> He's so offended. So if I'm getting this right, then there's something terrible out there. And if we don't fix it by dawn, it's going to destroy the whole town. People that I know and and drink with and my bar is out there. And so... <laughs> yes, Mr. Redbone. Are we going to stand around arguing all night? Or are we going to do something about it? I suggest we do something about it. Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Redbone, are you part of this town? Yes, I live here. Of course he is, dear. Oh, Redbone, I was beginning to like you, too. I wasn't around a hundred years ago. I don't know anything about this. Isabella is like, I'm not from here, but uh, um, I'm, I, I'm not going to run, either. I've seen so many things tonight. So many dark and terrible things. And she looks at um, Chauncey Candlewick. <laughs> and I I want to help. Help? What can you do? Well, as much as he can. And she looks at Nathan Redbone, who shrugs. This isn't Nathan's fault. This isn't Lockmar's fault. It's not even your fault, Candlewick. There's evil, and we must destroy it. And from what I understand, this being needs something to cross over into our realm. And if we can find it and stop it from crossing over, that will save this town. Seconded. Yes, I, I, I agree. It would be a lot easier to know you know what the exact terms of their deal were. But I suppose the only one... Howls from outside uh, break into your conversation. Lockmar says, uh, those are not mine. Those are torn tongues. Uh, splinter pack. Uh, all right. Well, we know what's in front of us. Redbone, Isabella. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you some books real quick before I leave, but you should probably lock yourself inside this curio shop. I, I think we decided that we weren't going to do that, says Isabella. Well, given the fact that a werewolf just busted the door in, I think it's uh, not the safest place, shall we say? I think the safest place is about 30 miles south. I gotta say, that's kind of what I was thinking, says Nathan Redbone. So he's gonna, they're going to stick with us? And please, stay close. You mean... Uh, Alright, fine, let's go. Nathan does secure his uh, knife and make sure that it's still there. He also starts looking around for other weapons, as does Isabella. Isabella winds up with what looks like a very heavy umbrella. <laughs> and uh, Nathan Redbone, he actually comes across a sword. It's, pro it's probably antique. This is a good sword. I've been on the receiving end of these a couple times, and let me tell you what. Find yourself some pitchforks, some torches. That's like your best friend. <laughs> All right, then. Let's go march out and find these splinter pack. Put them down before they cause harm. And then find out wherever this outsider is. Other than back to Castle Bledson to investigate there, is there any other places that anyone can think of to, I don't know, maybe try to pry more information from? Where was that book, Chauncey, that you were reading from? Oh, I got it. I got it. Yeah, well, I'll pass it around. Careful pages are brittle. Isabella, could you... Could you page through and and see if you can find any more information as we as we go um certainly yeah of course nathan goes uh yeah i i think um i think probably well i mean there's not much of a library here but uh town hall probably has uh, some of the older records maybe the church mm. churches the church might not be a bad place to start <sighs> Okay, yeah, the question is going to be, is the clergy going to be more questionable, or is it going to be the politicians? Well, it's night. Actually, it might not be a bad idea to rile this town up and get it ready for this apocalypse that's about to befall them. Even if it doesn't happen, there's still like a horde of fangs and werewolfy teeth coming in on them. You know, for once I agree, it might not be a bad idea to get the town to, um, to, to fight for itself. Or at least get ready. I can't imagine there'll be much use. But at least the ones who want to, to flee can flee, and and uh, anyone who wants to stay and try and defend themselves may do so. And when fighting wolves, do you rally the lamb? Nathan goes, does the lamb have a cannon? <laughs> do, 
Do you have a cannon? I know where one is. Do you? I, I'm sorry, I've never herded sheep before. Do you just let the lambs just like sleep there while the wolves approach, or do you wake them up and try and get them to safety? Well, you don't lead them towards the wolves. Is there like a town bell? A little thing we can ring? Ooh. Nathan, is there a town bell? At the city hall or at the church? Yeah, well, there's a bell at both, actually. I think just ringing anything would be enough to, to startle people awake, if they're not already awake with everything that's happening tonight. We do like our bells here in Bledson, says Nathan Redbone. I like the cut of your gym. <laughs> let's go ring, let's go wake up the townsfolk. Well, maybe we could have these two do that while we go directly deal with what's about to happen. So, uh, do, do you wish to go back to the castle or, um, uh, to the... I think ta- the town is in immediate danger because of, of the pack that's descending. I agree. So I think we need to deal with that before... We do only have till morning till this darkness engulfs the land. I'm going to turn, turn to Locke. Locke, are your people willing to help? Mm, I have a small pack, but yes. Could they get the townsfolk to safety, those who want to run? Mm, I doubt that they will. Um, how shall I put this? Um, <laughs> trust us? Be chill with a bunch of giant wolves? You ever seen a dog just run off with a with a rabbit in its mouth and the rabbit be cool with it? No, it won't happen. Well, I mean, unless you want to stand here uh, channeling a crowd of terrified people who've just been woken from their sleep, perhaps we should just uh, not not ring the bells. Is that what you're suggesting? I'm just saying they need to fortify themselves inside their house. Nathan says, uh, I mean, whatever you want to do, uh, but Isabella here and uh, and I can... Um, can can go start making our way around and, and starting to warn people either on the quiet like or we can go ring the bell, either one. Right, Isabella? And Isabella nods. Yeah, that's that's helpful and not right in the maw of something that will eat me. All right, do that. Well, which one do you want? Laurie, what do you think? I would rather send them off to try and gather up the townsfolk in some manner. Maybe not all out bell ringing and everything to throw everybody into a panic, but... Well, if this town really has dealings in what is going on, then they will know the threat, and they will react appropriately. I think we must try to cut this snake off at the head. Mm. Yes, I agree. Um, I live in this town, and I did not know what was going on. I mean, there's been... <laughs> there has been some um, rumors and such out of Castle Bloodstone. There's There's been things said back when the servants used to live in town. They told stories about the castle and about Lazarus Cain. And we laughed off most of them, but but I I don't know anything about having sacrificed anything. Of course, I'm also not you know one of the I don't know if this came across perhaps, but I'm not one of the movers and shakers of uh, of this uh, of this town. Yes, Mister Redbone, I am aware. But at this point, you can do your part. Get any information you can. We will head to the castle and see what we can find. Or to wherever this fight is. Is it in the direction of the castle? We heard the howls? Is the castle even there anymore? Kind of hard to tell because the the howls were multitudinous. And it's not really clear as to where. But close. Not a long way away. Like maybe the outskirts of town. Nathan, perhaps instead of... uh, Perhaps instead of taking the townsfolk outside the town, find a sturdy... Uh, maybe a stone barn or a church or some place you can barricade. Yeah, I believe the uh, church is made of stone. It's old, older than the town. Yeah, so go, uh, go wake everyone and, and uh, take them to safety, please. On it. Locke can issue a challenge, and, and maybe we can summon these things to us. <laughs> How work. appropriate. <laughs> awesome job. Good dogs. That was handy. <laughs> All right, let me see if I've got this right. Nathan Redbone and Isabella will be heading off to rouse the townspeople and get them to safety, probably in the church, while the four of you, that includes Lockmar Kane, go and try to make it to Bledson Castle across 10 miles of moors or so. Head to the threat. Yeah, head towards the threat, attract the threat. We've got a wolfy howl beacon right here with us. Yeah. Are we, like, making a lot of noise to be like, hey, werewolves, we're going to be a big juicy target over here. Hello, it's I'm us. I'm pretty sure if the, the new alpha starts howling, the, they might try to take advantage of this. Yes, that is probably so. But uh, do we want to do that in town? Out of town. As soon as we start moving towards the castle. 
Let's lead them away from the innocents, please. Nathan and Isabella sneak out of the ruined front door. Uh, Lori, can't you fly? Limited capacity, and after our last little adventure, I'm not sure if that's a good idea with the strange magics going around this town. If it's, uh, temperamental, yeah, might as well keep you here. I don't need you getting sucked off to the angel court again. Yes. Alright, so out the door you go. Uh, you get your bearings. I mean... Uh, before we leave the town, can I grab a torch from some, you know, sconce on the outside of a building or something and just carry it? I assume there's not lit torches. There are lanterns with candles Ooh, in them. I will grab one of those. Oh, lantern. Also, Grace, does your sect have a chapter house in this town? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Chapters Everywhere is one of the traditions I took, but they are proportionally sized to the size of the town, and I wouldn't expect they have a great deal of resources. So no chance of, re of decent reinforcements from there? Well, do we want to make a stop by there on our way out of town, or do we want to uh, just continue on our way? The representative of the Barbazine here in Bledson is uh, one of the deacons of the church. Oh, there we go. Who leads the church choir. <laughs> they, they, he, has a, he has a bell choir and the bells double as like <laughs> bludgeoning tools. <laughs> Murder tambourines. <laughs> um, maybe I can have sent uh, a note with uh, Isabella. They would have been told that you were in the area. Okay. I mean, there aren't a lot of active field agents for the Barbazine. So yeah. when one comes to a, an area such as this, which is a really pretty small place. So it would be more probably more like an update on the situation. Yeah. I'm not saying just in case we die, he can get word back to the organization, but... <laughs> you gave Isabella a note for um, Deacon Harvey. Let's do this. Let's go find Wolfie McBangerson's. Darn tongue. So why doesn't this guy follow you lot? Mm, I advocated for the werewolf equivalent of vegetarianism. <laughs> Deer. And sheep. And so that's why they split off. <laughs> yes. Lockmar Kane is a militant vegan, but a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> a militant vegan werewolf. <laughs> we only eat carrots. <laughs> And is there any chance that this winter cell pack is working with the darkness? I think not. Um, there was no knowledge of this among my pack, so I would think that there would not have been any knowledge among those. But again, they will take advantage of this. For if I saw that thing beyond, then so did they. So why haven't your pack taken care of their pack? Are, are they bigger than you? Is there more of them? Uh, they are. Do you care that they're eating people? Yes. However. But you didn't care enough to stop them. They are stealthy. They have hiding places out in the woods. Dangerous ones for us. And yes, we are more than them, but our fighters are not as ferocious. Excellent. And by more... I mean, two more. <laughs> there are three of them and five of us. Oh, for some reason I always imagine wolf packs a, a little larger than that. Yes, we're not talking about an entire city of werewolves. That was another thing that I advocated, was that our numbers remain small so as to not be hunted by the humans. Werewolves or not, it's the darkness we must stop. Can we get a move on, please? We're walking, Lori. Not all of us have angel wings. As you walk through the town of Bledson, it is quite late. There is that partially cloudy sky, uh, but the moon does peek out, and it is near to full, but not full. The streets are very deserted, because no one has any reason to wander around at night in the town of Bledson, especially if they hear what probably, to them, just the howling of actual wolves. I'm sure they've heard plenty of that coming from Pla Castle Bledson. Yeah, I guess the hellhounds probably could range a ways across the moors. Cut away to just some random woman in a flimsy white dress running across the moors being chased by a hellhound. <laughs> we had to have at least one. And now we're back with the rest of the group. <laughs>
And has Mr. Lockmar's howling drawn any of the wolves to us so far, making our way to the edge of town? Uh, as soon as you get outside of town, Lockmar lifts his muzzle to the sky and opens his maw. Oh, roof, No, I mean, <laughs> Does he yeah. stop in the middle to say, no, I mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, sorry. I meant. <laughs> He's new at this. <laughs> I love him. This is the most awkward werewolf in existence, and I love it. <laughs> you hear answering calls, but don't seem to be getting any closer. Lockmar goes, mm, That was the challenge, Howl, I think. <laughs> <sighs> I'd say try again, dear. Oh. And again, the answering howls. This time they do seem closer, but it's coming from not quite behind you, but in town. Oh, no. They, they went straight through, didn't they? Instead of going around. Oh, that hurt. That hurt right here. Howl one more time and see if we can draw them out before they get distracted. And where's your vegetarian werewolves? Why aren't they here? They're digging up carrots. <laughs> <laughs> They've just discovered beetroots, and it's the most amazing invention. <laughs> the days before and after the full moon are hardest for us. We can change at any time, but around the full moon, we have very little control over that change. My pack is chained up. Uh, well, thanks for telling us that before we went on this whole venture, darling. That could have been really important information. I had plans of going and releasing them while you plodded on your slow human feet toward the castle. However, and then three werewolves in their tall seven to eight foot forms lope out from between two buildings. The leader is the largest, scarred up, patches of fur missing, one ear chewed off at the tip, and that one is holding Nathan Redbone aloft by the neck. I just, I just heard that Kill Bill music. Until next time on Gothic. No! Oh no. The Gothic Podcast is produced by C. Patrick Nagel with theme music by Zoe Hovland and cover artwork by Jared George Art. Listen to The Gothic Podcast on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow The Gothic Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for The Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please visit our Patreon page. Thanks.